Welcome to Making Moves, a podcast presented by Skate Like a Girl and the Center for Sport and Social Justice at Cal State University, East Bay. Continuing our conversation focused on gender equity in episode six, Kim Woozy of Skate Like a Girl chats with skateboarders and Skate Like a Girl community members, Alexa Berriochoa, Jay Ledesma, and Lou Williams. This is McKenna Duda, your host. I'm a Cal State East Bay alum, former collegiate, now recreational runner, and I just recently earned my bachelor's degree in kinesiology. Here, we'd like to serve our audience by educating and also inspiring y'all to feel empowered through sport, social justice, and skateboarding. All athletes, skateboarders, and fans of sport and social justice are welcome. To kick off today's episode, let's take a few minutes to be mindful. I'd like to share a tip from Dr. Jennifer Sherwood, an assistant professor of kinesiology at California State University, East Bay, and also Dr. Vanessa Yingling, an associate professor of kinesiology at California State University, East Bay. Both professors focus their research on improving bone health in kids, so the structure is a bit different than previous episodes for this tip. One of our listeners, Skeely, is a 12-year-old girl and wants to be an astronaut and travel to space. Skeely learned that bones become weaker and are more likely to break without gravity when in space. To keep her bones strong and to prepare to travel in space, Skeely and her friends Osteoblast, Osteoclast, and Osteocyte want to share what they have learned to keep bones healthy and strong. Here we go. Hi everyone, I'm Osteoblast and I build bones. Now is the best time for Skeely to make good choices to keep her bones strong because the strength of bones develops most quickly between the ages of 9 and 20 years old. Hi everyone, I'm Osteocyte and I can tell if your bones are feeling the burn. Your bones like to move. The best types of physical activity to make bones stronger are all activities that make you sweat. Bones like to run, jump, and play basketball. I'm osteoclast, and sometimes I'm viewed as the bad guy since I take bone away, but I do that to keep your bones healthy. I fix any injuries that start to form in your bones. Osteocyte here again. As I was saying, watching television, sitting for long periods of time, and not moving your body does not strengthen bones. Bones respond best to short daily exercise twice per day is best. A morning and evening session of running and jumping is best as well. Osteoblast here. In addition to the physical activity, it is important to supply your bones with calcium and vitamin D from foods and drinks, such as milk. Osteoclast here. Milk makes me feel so sick, so I don't drink it. I like almond, rice, soy, and oat milk. Osteoblast here. Make sure your oat milk has calcium and vitamin D. Adding calcium and vitamin D to foods and drinks is called fortifying. Sometimes orange juice is fortified with calcium and vitamin D. Oranges, broccoli, and almonds also have calcium. Other foods with calcium and vitamin D are yogurt, cheese, lasagna with cheese, pizza with cheese. Osteoclast here. I love pizza. Osteoblast here. Bones grow stronger when you eat many foods and drinks with calcium and vitamin D. And also exercise throughout the day. Finally, Don't forget to eat many fruits and vegetables every day to keep you and your bones healthy and strong. Signing off. When talking about gender equity, we are looking at who is not showing up and participating in sport and what can we do differently to close that gap. We find it of utmost importance to support all individuals wanting to live an active lifestyle. No one should feel the need to hide a significant part of their identity in order to do so. So, when someone remains unsupported by the current structure of sports, the implementation of change must also include these individuals within the organizational planning of sport. Let's make it happen. All right, all right. Welcome, everyone. Uh, my name is Kim Woozy. Uh, she, her, one of the directors of Skate Like a Girl, SF Bay Area. I'm here today with an amazing panel uh, of my friends and folks from our Skate Like a Girl community. I'm going to go ahead and introduce each one of them. 
So first up, we have Alexa Berriochoa, currently an AmeriCorps VISTA program staff and content creator for Skate Like a Girl. Alexa grew up with a passion for skateboarding from a young age. Not knowing if there was a space in the community for her, after coming out as trans, she decided to stop skating until she found an exclusive space for women and trans people provided by Skate Like a Girl. Inspired by a new inclusive environment she'd never seen within skateboarding, she has since dedicated herself to empowering people from marginalized communities through skateboarding. Welcome to the pod, Alexa. Next up, we've got Jay Ledesma. Jay is a former AmeriCorps Up to Us coach and lead program staff for Skate Like a Girl Bay Area. Coming from a small town, Jay moved to the Bay to help people find their confidence through skateboarding. They truly believe in being an individual and having your own style. Jay loves skateboarding and the determination it takes to do it. Welcome, Jay. Thanks for being here. Last but not least, we have Lou Williams. Lou is a skateboarder and youth advisory board for Skate Like a Girl. They are freshmen in high school and have been skating for almost five years and they've been and they've been involved with Skate Like a Girl for the majority of that time. Aside from skating, Lou is interested in photography and works on a variety of artistic pursuits, including a zine called Tinfoil, which they finished earlier this year. Welcome to the pod, Lou. All right. So I'm super stoked to have this amazing crew here today. Um, let's go ahead and start. Uh, we're going to do an icebreaker check-in question. So um, I'm going to ask each of you to just share your name your pronouns, your location. And here's a, here's a question. What is one sport you are not good at, but you wish you were and why? So I'm going to go ahead and choose Jay to start us off. All right. Uh, my name is Jay. My pronouns are they, them, he, him, um, skating for 16 years and a sport. Oh, I mean, I'm, a, I'm really good at like multiple sports, but I think one <laughs> that I'm like, pre- like pretty trash at that I love to watch is um, like beach volleyball, like at the, like in the Olympics, like I always watch that, especially like the women, like they're just amazing. I wish, yeah, I wish I was like tall enough to even be able to spike the ball. Um, yeah, it, it just looks really fun, especially at the beach. Like I want to do that. Yeah. yeah. It is also so hard, right? If you think about just even like walking on the sand, you're like exhausted. <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, like I could play soccer on the beach and that's pretty like gnarly, but beach volleyball is just insane. Nice. That's a good one. I like that. All right. How about Alexa? Would you like to go next? All right. My name is Alexa. I use she, her pronouns. I'm in Seattle. I've been skateboarding for 13 years now. And, um, you know, I really liked playing basketball as a kid, but again, uh, like Jay was saying, I just like not tall enough for it. Like I had this dream as a kid, like one day I'm going to dunk a basketball. And then I just never got to the height necessary to make that happen. So I guess like on those grounds alone, it would be really sick to dunk a basketball. Okay. So here's the question. Have you ever just lowered a a hoop, like the adjustable ones, and then just tried to go for it anyways? Yeah. But that kind of feels like diving into the like shallow side of the pool, you know, it's like, it's (laughs) not as rewarding, but like, yeah, I've emulated the experience once or twice. Nice. Awesome. All right. Lou. Okay, what's up? I'm Lou. I use they, them pronouns. Um, I've been skating for almost five years and I'm in Seattle. And I don't know, this is a good question, but I kind of think ping pong. Like, I really would like to be able to excel at ping pong and like have a table and stuff like that. Like, my grandparents have a table in their basement and I'd like to be able to just go there and just win at ping pong. So, (laughs) yeah. I love it. That's a solid, like secret skill to have where like, if you end up at some event or a party and there happens to be a ping pong table, you just like crush everyone. Um, awesome. All right. Thanks y'all for that great check-in question. Um, so Jay, I want to ask you a question first. We'll get started with you. Uh, yeah. Can you just share with us a little bit about what it was like growing up skating? You know, what inspired you to start? Who did you learn with? Like, where did you skate? Give us a little background. 
Um, officially, I like the first time I saw skateboarding ever was on TV, and it was a uh, Rocket Powers. And I at the at the time I was living in Mexico, so there wasn't a lot of skateboarding, at least that I was seeing. Um, and I asked for my first skateboard, as like any kid does. I was like, I want this thing, and my mom was like, Okay, got me a scooter, and I was like, No, I I want. Oh, the piece of wood with the four wheels like that's what I want and um once I got one in San Diego I was like eight um I learned by myself because I was eight and my parents were like you're not going to the skate park like there's adults there you're not gonna do that um and then I got Tony Hawk Pro Skater and Tony Hawk Underground and Elisa Steamer was on that game and I was like, oh, there's actually like women skaters. Like, that's awesome. I, there's somebody that looked like me at the time. Um, and yeah, eventually, once I moved to the Inland Empire, I uh, had a few friends who skated as well. And they were all like cis boys. Um, and they all kind of like eventually veered off from skating. And I was the only one that kept doing it, um, which is nice because now I'm like, I can travel and do stuff through skateboarding. Um, yeah, I just never stopped doing it. I I always had soccer, but soccer had so many rules and they always told me not to skate. And I was like, I'm not going to get hurt. And I got hurt playing soccer. So I was like, ah, but yeah, just never stopped doing it since. Uh, yeah, since I was eight, just it felt like I was just free. I had my own little world. Nice. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things too about skateboarding is that it is something you can continue to do on beyond your youth, obviously. And also without all those sort of like challenges that come challenges that come with other sports, right? Like you need a field, you need a team, you need a ref, you need all this stuff. Right. Um, so that's really awesome. Uh, side note, uh, yesterday I was on another zoom call with Norma Ibarra, our friend, a photographer and she's working on a book a photography book about skaters in mexico that's coming out later this year so that's cool to see the evolution from you know back then when you lived there and there wasn't a lot of visibility or just not a lot of participation and now it's grown a lot um all right so next up alexa wanted to ask you about yeah just sharing some of your experiences skating as a young person and what led you to restarting later as an adult or to pausing and then restarting Yeah. So I got interested in skateboarding when I was in like middle school, I think. And so I had a couple people that were like adjacent to me that were like starting around the same time. And so we kind of just like started hanging out and like, I went to the skate park a lot with them and like made friends with all the other people that were at the skate park. But I was growing up in like a rural part of Southern Utah. And um, so the group that was like, allowed to skate in that community was like very small it was all just like cisgender heterosexual like white men and like boys so that was kind of the community that I had access to and like I just remember even like at that young age like noticing all the toxicity that was propped up in that community and I was like well my options are to skate with these people or to not have a community to skate with So I kind of just like found people within there that I was like comfortable with and like stayed close to them. And then um, once I moved to Seattle, like several years later after I'd like graduated high school and like, I think I moved here when I was like 21 ish. uh, I like came out as trans shortly after that um, due to kind of just like the culture shock of like being in a new and accepting place where I like had to kind of like face a lot of the things that I didn't really have the, uh, resources or like exposure to in Utah. And then after I came out, I was like, um, I'm pretty sure I'm done skateboarding just because like my point of reference and like what I'd seen in the skateboarding, um, community was just like really aggressive, homophobic, racist, like white men who were just like willing to do, um, a lot of really awful things to make sure that their community was kind of like safeguarded and exclusive to them. So I kind of just like dissociated from skateboarding as a whole, cause I didn't feel like it was a safe thing for me to be in that community anymore. 
So I, uh, I wasn't skating for a little bit, but then I have another friend who's trans feminine, who was like interested in learning to skate at the time. So, uh, being that I had a background in skateboarding already, I was like, yeah, of course, like I can teach you. And if it's just you and I, like, I'm not really worried about like all of those things. If we're just like going to a parking garage together or whatever. So then we started skating and then that's how I found out about women in trans sessions in Seattle. Uh, and so I was a little reluctant at first, um, but then we went and I was just like greeted with this like warm environment that I hadn't like seen before. And so it felt really empowering to know that like there was a community that was outside of that toxicity I'd experienced. Um, and after that, I really felt like just reignited to want to be a part of skateboarding and like contribute to this new community that I'd found that was like so awesome and like accepting of different people that were interested in skateboarding. Awesome. Yeah. I've heard, you know, you share that experience many times, but it just always really inspires me and like reinvigorates me, um, to do the work, you know, that we do and how important it is. Um, because you're so good at skateboarding and it seems tragic to me if you hadn't continued or restarted. Um, because yeah, I think obviously for yourself, but also, you know, people get a lot of joy and inspiration from watching you skate either at the sessions or on YouTube or on TikTok or whatever it is. Um, so really glad that, you know, you refound it. Um, thank you. Yeah. Lou, uh, tell me a little bit about, yeah, how you started skateboarding and, you know, knowing that you're in the Seattle area as well. Like how, how's that been for you? Yeah. So I started skating, I think it was like the end of like fourth grade or something like that. And I, um, yeah, I started skating like in the, I live like right next to a dead end. So I would skate there. Um, and then I, what happened? I ended up going to Jefferson skate park here in Seattle. Um, and skate like a girl was doing, um, free lessons there um, for 12 and under kids. So that was like awesome. And I, uh, yeah, I did that lesson and then I like kept coming back there and they were doing a lot of lessons there. So I feel like the time between me starting skating and then, uh, like becoming a part of slag was pretty short. Um, so yeah, I don't even know exactly what else to say, but, um, yeah, I, I always like felt comfortable enough at the skate park, just like normally I was lucky with that, but I feel like, like it was, it was comfortable enough, but I think with Skate Like a Girl, that's where I really found like my people in skating, um, that I was like able to really be a part of that, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely makes a difference to have that community from the beginning. Right. Cause I hear a lot of just experiences where people started and they were amped cause it's fun and challenging, but then they stop because there isn't, you know, an environment that kind of like allows them to just continue c connecting with folks and having fun. So I love that, you know, you found it as a young person and now of course you're involved, um, you know, and, and hopefully we'll continue to be you could be the next Kristen. <laughs> um, all right. So this is a question for everyone. Um, you know, knowing that folks listening may or may not be skateboarders. Um, can you describe why you love skateboarding and what keeps you coming back for more? And let's go ahead and start with Jay. Um, damn, there's so many things I love about it. Um, I was recently asked like, what was my favorite thing? about skateboarding and it's just the freedom that I could just have like I can I could be having the best day or the worst day but if I could just go skate I can forget about the world I can just like zone out I can I love listening to just the wheels on the pavement like that sound um just brings me at peace like people do yoga people 
do like they go on walks for me if i need to just zone out i can go skate down the street and just even for like a block i could just come back home and i'm like okay i'm 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 zen i'm like chill and yeah like i could also like if i want to hang out with my homies or just like have community i could just go skate at a skate park with a few people um yeah, I just feel free. I can be whoever I want on my skateboard. We don't have to look a certain way either. Um, and that's why I love like seeing di- like di- different styles and people, like how people dress. I love um, like if somebody looks comfortable in a skirt and like a t-shirt, that's awesome. Like people could be skating in dresses and I'm like, that's amazing. I could be like skating in like short shorts. Like I like you, you see different fashion on skateboard, like on uh your skateboard and yeah i don't have to do it for anybody else it's for me if somebody doesn't like what i'm doing on my skateboard like the tricks i'm doing okay like i'm having fun i'm having the best time like i'm not doing it for my coach or anybody like that's why i love about like that's the main thing that i love i love that alexa how about you yeah i kind of want to like reiterate some of the things that Jay said um, as well. Cause like as a kid, I was always drawn to all of the physical activities. Like I like tried a bunch of different sports as a kid and like, I liked team sports and like organized sports in general, but uh, it was always kind of like, there was always like one aspect or two aspects of it that were just kind of like weird or didn't fit right, you know? So when I found out about skateboarding and like I started skateboarding, I immediately fell in love because something I think that's really valuable is that like, it's an individual thing. Like you do it as an individual, but it's best shared with your community. And like, those can be separate from each other. And then like, you can bring them back together. So like, I can go out and skate by myself for a few hours, like with my headphones in and have a great time. And then like, after that few hours, like meet up with some friends and like have an entirely different experience based around the same thing. And um, kind of like what Jay was saying, it's so expressive, it's so um, creative. And I think that I've kind of always looked at skateboarding as more of like a physical art form um, where you kind of choose like what it is that you want your skateboarding to be like, look like, feel like, and you just like embody that. And I think that that's something really cool that not a whole lot of other physical activities or sports really have going for them is like it's just uh I don't know it's so expressive and Lou how about you what do you love about it what keeps you coming back yeah well similarly to Alexa I did a lot of or mostly soccer I did um organized sports and stuff like that and then like I don't know I feel like the it it was always fun to be on a team and like working together with people in those in uh like team sports but i feel like there also is a stressful aspect of it because you're trying to win as a team so i feel like the way that translates to skateboarding that i enjoy more is that you and your friends or wherever you skate with are all working on your own thing but if like when my friends land a trick, like I'm so happy for them as well. So I feel like it's um, like, there's not really anyone to let down, but yourself in a way. Like I always, if I'm not making my trick, like I'm the one who has to deal with the the repercussions of that, I guess. Um, And I also think like, yeah, I just, I like being able to, um, just think about what I want to do and set those goals. And I mean, it's sort of so hard to talk about like what I love about skateboarding because it just feels like one of the main things that just stuck in my life. And now I like can't even put myself outside of it and observe what I like about it so much. But um, I also think like now that I skate, like just the way that I look at my surroundings and like, uh, like the world around me, I, I like, uh, am just seeing things that could be skated 
like all the time, even if I don't have my board with me, you're always seeing something that um, like could be a skate spot or could someone could do a trick down. Even if you, even if I couldn't do that trick, like I'm always seeing that stuff. So I feel like it just is keeping my mind working and being creative and like thinking about possibilities, even when I'm not actually skating. Yeah. And, uh, and also it makes so much sense too that, you know, you have other creative like interests and pursuits like the zine and art. Um, I know all of you have that and, um, it's so cool. I, I just love, I mean, I've been around skateboarding for a long time, but I just love hearing what that answer is for folks because it's so encompassing. It's like becomes a part of you. Um, I love Jay, what you said about just like changing up your headspace, like, um, as an outlet, I think a lot of physical movement exercise, whatever provides that for sure. Um, but I also recently, um, not recently, it's been a while now, but there's some studies that show, uh, like neuroscience studies that show that, um, when you're rolling on your board, um, and the way the wheels are, uh, making these repetitive sounds and, and motions on, concrete or pavement. Um, it does something to the equi equilibrium in your ear. Um, and it actually like triggers certain, um, I think, uh, chemicals in your brain that like release, you know, endorphins and, um, yeah, there's a video called push to heal online that talks about the study and how, um, as a result skateboarding. And I think there's other activities where like there's repetitive motion, like especially in, in on wheels, um, can actually heal trauma in the brain, um, especially like youth developing brains. Um, so just super cool, like to know that something as simple as cruising on a piece of wood with four wheels can literally affect us in such positive ways. Um, so yeah, awesome. Uh, Lou, I kind of want to talk to you a little bit more about, um, yeah. So you grew up inside, you kind of found skateboarding through skate, like a girl, um, from your perspective, would you say that skateboarding is inclusive and, you know, what have your experiences been around that? Yeah. I mean, that's a hard question. I feel like, um, I, I was thinking about this earlier. I think that like, it would be ignorant of us to say that skateboarding is that much more inclusive than the world around it, um, like it doesn't exist separately from any other existing issues in the world. But I do think that skateboarders uh, like really can be inclusive, if that makes sense. I really think that like, especially through Skate Like a Girl, like I've observed it, like I feel like skateboarders, um, do have like a strong ability to bring people in and include people in skating and like also because skateboarding takes so much tenacity and just like willingness to try over and over again like no matter what level of skateboarding you're at it's always hard basically like so I think that that like, um, I don't know. I just feel like that even though there are definitely like barriers and uh, like divisions within skateboarding, I think that it still just stays challenging no matter where you are uh, within it. So that common ground, like, in a perfect world would be enough to make it inclusive, but I don't know. I don't feel like it, it is entirely inclusive right now, but I definitely, I have hope for it. I would say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I yeah. Kind of what I'm hearing is like, because skateboarding physically is so challenging mentally too, because it's, you know, there's a lot of fear involved. Um, that, aspect does sort of bring people together because anyone who's willing to step on a board already has a common thread of like being willing to face your fears. And 
we exist inside of a world, um, not a silo. Although sometimes at summer camp, let's get like a girl feels like that for like five days. <laughs> um, and so there are, you know, just the, the larger issues in society. Um, Jay, what do you think you've played soccer, other sports growing up? Um, would you say that skateboarding is more or less inclusive than other sports? Um, I'm going to say it feels like the same, honestly, like having the division of like boys and girls, like when you're in school and then like the women's team and the men's team of like, I played soccer for like 18 years. So yeah, it like, I felt like my skill level, I'm not like, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I like in college too, I was just like, yeah, like I can, I'm a little bit better than some of these people. Oh my God, stop. Um, but at the same time that like the gender, like, why am I stuck on this one team with this skill level based on my gender? And I'm not, but technically I'm not as good as a guy. So then that was also a problem in their eyes. Um, and then skateboarding. Yeah. Like in our, in our scale, of girl Bay area, Seattle, Portland, like we are inclusive in certain parks and certain spaces a hundred percent, but you literally go in any which direction 50 miles away from that. And it's not, um, even yesterday I was at Napa and somebody used a word that you wouldn't call, like we wouldn't use for transition skating anymore. Um, which I was just like, Hey, it, we don't use like, Hey, can you not use that word? And that was the situation like, and it sucks that we're like, yeah, like skateboarding is so inclusive and when we're doing stuff, uh, when we're present, when we're um, doing summer camps, clinics, all of that. But once that's not there, people kind of resort back to what they're like known to do, which kind of sucks. But and in media too, like anybody's Instagram, like um, we could be doing like, something that we were trying for so long and like, we finally get that trick or that line, whatever. And then people are like, well, you're good for a girl. You're good for, for who you are. And it's like, we just took one, like five steps forward and then hella steps back with that. Just one comment, which kind of sucks, but it's something that we're, we're continuously trying to like, not fixed, but like work through. And that's also like people's trauma, people's like upbringings that we have to like unlearn to like actually progress, um, which is a lot, but this, this is why we love skateboarding, why we love skate like a girl. Yeah. Also it sounds like why you're committed to like, you said not fixing. I like to use like word transforming, like why, why we are all committed to transforming the culture because it's that important to us. Right. It's that important yeah. to you. Nice. Alexa, what do you think? Like, how can the skate community, you know, as a whole be more inclusive for women and trans skaters? I know that's like a long answer, but <laughs> just kind of some high level takeaways. No, I think it's like, it's a good one for sure. Cause I think, um, I definitely like appreciate what y'all had to say. And something that came up for me while Jay was talking is kind of talking about how like we exist in those like little pockets of inclusivity, right? So I think often we can forget that like skateboarding as a whole is probably not nearly as inclusive as we experience it because like, you're right, you can travel 30 minutes outside of Seattle and go to a skate park and it is an absolutely different experience. So I think like, one really big thing is that um, just like being willing to really just like be deliberate in in your allyship, um, whether you're like being an ally to trans people or queer people or people of color. But like we talk a lot about the difference between being like welcoming or inviting. And I think that a lot of people approach this with like, I'm going to make a space that's um like welcoming it's but it needs to be inviting and inclusive like there needs to be an extra step by the people who exist outside of those identity groups to make sure that the people who are like coming into a space where they feel potentially threatened know that there are people there 
outside of their identity group that are willing to like show up. And I think another thing is that like a lot of people learn to adapt as the culture moves forward, but that adaptiveness kind of translates into learning the language and like understanding what to say, as opposed to like having those critical self-interrogation moments where you're like, well, why did I think this in the first place? Or like, what can I do to like make this better? Um, so I think just like having those hard conversations with yourself and like the people that are around you and understanding like what your personal role is and like taking those opportunities to really tangibly show up when it matters. Yeah. And I love Jay that you shared the example of actually like saying something when you see it, did that interact, was that interaction successful? I'm just curious. Yeah, it was just like a quick little second. I didn't make the person wrong or anything. I didn't make him feel like shit because that's what I learned. Like talking to Ashley um, here in the Bay, like we are like, we're not going to make somebody wrong. We don't want to do that. Um, it's just a learning, like maybe they don't, they've never like thought that a, that word can hurt people. And it, it's also like they get caught off guard because like for me now, like, transitioning being two years on t people see me as like a, a young boy um <laughs> apparently and they they're just like oh like why are you gonna tell me like this word it doesn't affect you and it's like well actually i'm i'm trans like um and like having to explain that to somebody for me isn't hard but it's like yeah hey, like this word actually like hurts me if you use it like like oh saying like that it's it, what if somebody else hears it like i am not going to be triggered as much as any like as another person like i don't know their experience like probably they were called that word a lot growing up or whatever and that's going to affect them differently and i know it affects me at a certain level so it's like let's just not use that word and it was fine like he was like oh okay like cool like i met this person once um young 20s I think like early 20s um but yeah like it, it's those little things that people are like oh you like now that I pass for some reason like they're gonna be uh, using these words that think that won't affect anybody else and yeah like using my privilege too that I I am non-binary but I do pass as like a man whatever um but yeah, like I, I still use that privilege to call people out because I'm not afraid to confront somebody about that. And I got it, like anybody's back that is afraid to call somebody out or like say that. Like, I got you. I'll, I'll say like, hey, let's use other words that aren't that hard to say. Like language is also evolving. Skateboarding is evolving. Let's not damage the people that are in the skateboarding community as well. Yeah. Well, speaking of just like the importance of language, right? Because we sometimes make that a casual thing. Um, but just really getting the importance of like, you know, what we say, what comes out of our mouth, how that affects us, the people around us, especially young people, right? It's like forming their sort of thoughts and identities because they're like very spongy, you know, when you're young. Um, so speaking of language, I want to ask everyone, um, why are pronouns important for all folks to share regardless of our identities and well that's my first question part one so alexa do you want to jump in first <laughs> or anyone yeah definitely um i think like one thing that comes up for me around this conversation is like if I show up to a space where um, I'm going to introduce myself and like, let's say I'm the only trans person there and I start by being like, hey, my name's Alexa. I use she, her pronouns. And then the person that I'm talking to is like, hey, what's up? I'm Jim. And it's like, oh, cool. Because like, I see why you think like that the expectation is that I'm going to share my pronouns with you. And then when I pass it to you and I've kind of set that expectation by doing so myself, what I see happen when you don't share your pronouns is you're like subtly telling me like, 
you know, like you have, there's already an expectation in your mind. I don't need to tell you what my pronouns are because I expect you to know. And like, that's a privilege that cis people have to like, un like subconsciously just like expect everyone to know how they identify. And so another thing is like, if I introduce myself with my pronouns and then someone doesn't like kind of reciprocate that and makes that assumption, um, that kind of is another indicator that I'm like, Hmm, I don't know where you stand on my identity as a person. Like, this is like who I'm wrapped up. Like I'm wrapped up in myself as my identity. And now I have to constantly wonder like the people I encounter, is this going to be a problem? Like, am I going to be safe in these spaces? And that's like one of the first like little indicators that I can be like, we might have an issue. But I also think just like from a less like, maybe like a less like um, intense standpoint, I think that there's just value in normalizing that because it raises the question for everyone and like gives a person who might not have considered to think about how they identify to think, well, like, well, what pronouns do I want to use? Not necessarily the ones that have been given to me, but like what resonates with me. And it just opens the opportunity to normalize the conversation around like embracing the identity that you feel most comfortable being a part of being with and representing you. So I think there's a lot of value in it, especially in those scenarios where like, one trans person in the room kind of thing. So, yeah. So here's my follow-up question. I love that you said the word normalize. Uh, so my follow-up question is, should sharing pronouns be mandatory? No, I definitely don't think like, if you don't want to share your pronouns, especially because like being the gender is something that you, it's not it's not locked down. It's not tangible and it could exist anywhere on an entire spectrum. So like something that is really helpful, I think like if you don't want to share your pronouns, maybe you're like still figuring out what those are for you or you don't feel comfortable sharing them just yet, but you don't necessarily want to like deliberately misgender yourself by sharing pronouns that don't fit you. I think something that's nice is when people are like, Hey, this is my name. I don't want to share my pronouns right now. And then just like moving along so that you can just like acknowledge the pronoun question and then move forward. But I never want to force people to be like, put the pronouns in the bag. Tell me how you identify right now. Like, so it's definitely like a conversation that involves a lot of nuance, but definitely not mandatory. Absolutely. Yeah. And something that we do at Skate Like a Girls, uh, what we call a, a pronoun sandwich, right? So we, when we do our circle ups at our programs, you know, we ask folks, you know, to go around in the circle to share their name, their pronouns, and maybe a fun check-in question, like what's your favorite condiment? And that way it gives people the opportunity to not share their pronouns if they don't want to, but we know that they're done doing their introduction. Right. And we can move on to the next person. And I think that's important because sometimes, you know, when it's just the two questions, name and pronoun, if they don't want to, people are kind of like, wait, but what are your pronouns? Right. And then it puts them in this like forced situation. Um, so the sandwich gives a little bit of cushion. So that's a little tip for anyone else out there doing programs or looking to create, you know, an inclusive space. Um, all right. So this is a question for the whole group. Um, what are y'all's thoughts about skateboarding? Is it a sport? Is it not a sport? Anyone can jump in here. How about, I don't know, Lou or Jay, do you all want to go first? Either of you. All right, Jay, go for it. All right. Um, personally, I don't think skateboarding is a sport, um, but like, what is a sport? Like, it's that whole like skateboarding exists in its own world. Um, for me, um, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Like, for me, when I think of a sport, I think soccer, basketball, football, whatever, and they have these rules. They have teams and like this structure 
um and skateboarding like even during contests like contests that have been around forever like x games and like street league and all of these other things like vans park series i watch those i love watching contests but sometimes like my the person i want to like place first isn't or like they're at the bottom like how do you run how do you judge somebody's run how do you like have these structure somebody can have like a bad day and then like there there goes the whole run um I don't think it's a sport at all. Um, if you don't like somebody's like style, like that, that's your own problem. Like I, I don't know how you could consider skateboarding a sport. There are people like new generations that want their kids to be Olympians and like train my kid, and I don't like that vibe. I'm very like anti, not sport, but just that structure that like even some like parents have like my kid's going to be the next, like so-and-so. And I'm like that you're just putting a lot of pressure on them too. like skateboarding should be fun for the individual and the community. Like um, other, you don't see like a community like skateboarding either. And yeah, skateboarding has always been like that rebellious thing, even if it's becoming more mainstream um, for me, like I grew up seeing it very punk, very like, you, I like aggressive music. I love getting like pumped up and seeing like some like cisgendered pro skaters that I love to watch skate. Like they'll slam and they'll like do the gnarliest thing. But I'm like, yeah, I love that. But also I want to be safe about it. And other sports, you only have a track record of like once you're probably like 35, you're not playing soccer anymore, um, which is kind of sad because I want to be skating until I'm like 90. So I don't think skateboarding is a sport and uh, there's, that's my opinion. You can do what you want with it. I'm skating for myself and like with my friends. So, Thanks Jay. Yes. These are opinions. I love to hear all of them. Lou, what do you think? Skateboarding sport, not a sport. Um, I think, I don't think that skateboarding is a sport per se. It's definitely very athletically demanding so i feel like it's it's definitely a demanding activity um but yeah i don't really think that it's a sport but i feel like it is sort of like fun in a way like i still feel like contests can be fun i feel like or just making skateboarding seem like a sport even when it isn't i i like feel like that's sort of entertaining and like just like because it, skating is kind of in this gray area of like, well, it's athletic, but it's not really a sport. It's more of an art form, but you can do tricks. Like, I just feel like that's so entertaining. And I, uh, you know, I mean, for a lot of us in skating, like the goal is to do a trick that you want to do. And so if, if, if that's going to happen in a contest or like do a run or something, like whatever your goal is, like if that's going to happen in a contest, then like that would be pretty sweet. So I feel like, I don't know. I just, I feel like it, yeah, I wouldn't say that it's a sport, but I feel like it kind of can like be whatever it needs to be for people. And so if, you know, yeah, if there are going to be contests, like that can be fun too, because you know, we're trying to do tricks. So yeah, I don't know. That's, that's my take on it. I think it seems like there are like sporty elements, like sport, like aspects of skateboarding that can be healthy and fun, you know, like contests or even at like, say like all programs, we create games for like, you know, the participants to, to get motivated to try something new or to just have that friendly competition. But in general, it's not really accurate to put skateboarding into the definition and the category of sport in general. Um, Alexa, any additional thoughts on skateboarding as a sport or not? Definitely. I, um, I definitely can see how skateboarding could be perceived as a sport or sport adjacent or even like I don't think I even agree with the idea of like 
aligning it with like action sports or extreme sports. Um, because like, I know that that's been like a division to like, kind of put like skateboarding, BMX, scooters, rollerblading, like stuff like that kind of gets pushed into like action sports. But I just don't know that that's really representative of what skateboarding is because um, going back to like what we were talking about with skateboarding being kind of like a physical art form. I think that if you're playing football, right? Like you catch the ball, you run it into the end zone. There's a predetermined amount of points that you get to wear and it goes to the team whose uniform you're wearing, right? Like it's very deliberate in the way that they count up points, but it's like, I could get 10 different skaters and have them all do a single tray flip. And every single one of them is going to look different. They're going to have a different style, like a different pop, a different fashion, a different like energy that they bring to the exact same trick. So for me, it's like, how do you assign a value to that? Because like, even if you have very qualified judges um, that are doing that judging, there's always going to be someone who's just like, I just absolutely don't agree with that. I think this person did much better job. And it's because like, there is no real way to determine a value for something like skateboarding because there's so many different little sub genres of how you can perform it and how you can do it. So I think that, um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's a sport, but I could definitely see how it's adjacent and I'm not against contest skateboarding. Again, I think it's fun and there's value in it, but I don't think that that's where skateboarding's value comes from, um, is the competition. And I think that's what really sets it apart for me. Absolutely. Yeah. It'll definitely be interested, interesting this summer, you know, skateboarding in the Olympics to see how it unfolds. It kind of, I kind of think more about how like there's other physical forms of movement, like maybe dancing or like break dancing or something, um, or even ice skating sometimes where it's like a panel of judges giving you one to 10 and how there's a lot of controversy around the judging. And actually sometimes that does make it even more of a fun spectator thing. Cause it's like dramatic and people want to argue with the judges and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see like how that plays out. Um, I want to ask everyone a last question, um, inside of sort of, you know, this, this new chapter of one aspect of skateboarding, which is competition. Again, only one aspect, not everything about skateboarding. I mean, it's not what I hope this summer um, with the Olympics is that, I don't know. I hope that more people get to see it and choose to try it because they think it's fun, but I don't, I wish that I hope, and I believe this will happen is that it doesn't take away from the true root and culture of skateboarding, which is not driven by competitions. But what I wanted to talk about is that the IOC has, you know, these rules about eligibility for trans athletes, right. For all sports, not just skateboarding. And I, uh, found this sort of like set of recommendations or rules or policies or whatever. Um, and it's actually kind of old. I think this, I just did a quick search and it was, a t- was from 2004, but I wanted to read you all what this says and get your thoughts on it. Um, so I'm just going to read it. And I quote, this is from olympic.org, the website. Um, the group recommends that individuals undergoing sex reassignment from male to female after puberty and vice versa be eligible for participation in female or male competitions, respectively, under the following conditions. One, surgical and anatomical changes have been completed including external genitalia changes and gonadectomy to legal recognition of their assigned sex has been confirmed by the appropriate official authorities. Three hormonal therapy appropriate for the assigned sex has been administered in a verifiable manner and for a sufficient length of time to minimize gender related advantages in sport competitions. And in the opinion of the group, eligibility should begin no sooner than two years after gonadectomy. And then there's like this other note about like how it's up to each federation, but all right, I'm opening it up for opinions. I want, this is real talk moment. Ready? Go (laughs) rule. Number one genitals, (laughs) like literally just first thing, just absolutely. Like I just, for me, like, I just, I don't, the thing that really bugs me about this question that always comes up for me is like, 
take away the idea of transness in sports already. Like how do we separate sports just already as we do it, right? Well, there's brackets and divisions for like what you're going to go into. There's often like different weight divisions, different ability divisions, different height like setups. So it's like we're already dividing sports by putting people in like similarly placed brackets. So I think that this is just like literally a tactic to legitimize transphobia in just another corner of the universe, you know? It's like you can be a trans woman in skateboarding and be put in a division with cis women who are similarly sized, similarly skilled, and be completely legitimate in that. And I think that like people often reference this like, oh, well, you have like a biological advantage. It's like, I don't know. I don't think that few millimeters of bone extra that I have here and there is really going to help me land this kickflip. And like, if you look at the people who are doing like, who are on top of the world with skateboarding right now, it's not like they're like, the bodybuilders of skateboarding right like they're not these giant and super masculine men who have like built up this incredibly masculine physique to help them skate like they're usually like five eight real skinny you know like it's not like they've got this incredibly like biological advantage so i just think it's a really clever way to wrap words around deliberate transphobia in sports jay do you want to comment Oh, of course. Um, yeah, the whole, the first thing it's like genital, like also like I am non-binary. So it's like, even if I wanted to even consider being an Olympian in anything, like what, there's not gonna be a third option for non-binary people. Like, how are you going to even throw us in there? Um, I am on hormones though. So they would be like, Oh, well, you're, we're going to consider you a man. And like, now you have to have all of these surgeries. Like, yeah. For my personal body, I I am uh, working on getting top surgery, but that's just for me being comfortable with my own body. I don't want to be a man. Like I don't need any bottom surgery. I don't want any bottom surgery. If I do eventually change my mind, that's on me. But that's not going to affect me doing this sport or skating. Like that makes no sense. And also, like you have to be a full trans person like that these rules make no sense like how do you categorize something like that like a trans man there's trans men trans women like you don't need they don't want certain like surgeries like why do these surgeries uh give us like our identity or like qualify us for being a uh, like trans like that makes no sense let alone like in skating like yeah, how Alexa was saying, like, these, like, cis guys that are skating, like, they're not, like, super built dudes. They're, yeah, they're, like, 5'8". Like, why Why are these, like, requirements part of what we're doing? Like, it make uh, it, like, doesn't make sense for us, but for certain people that are making these rules, they're like, yeah, if you're going to be fully in these, like, in the Olympics, you have to be a full representing like stereotypical passing person. And I don't like that. Like that's, that that's bullshit. And also like, yeah, for non-binary people, like um, having non-binary people that skate that are, that are pros that were considering doing the Olympics. Like if they're saying no, that should give the Olympics like, like a pause, like, Hey, we should kind of like take a step back and actually listen to the people that are doing these things. Yeah. <laughs> Lou, what do you think? Yeah, I could add to that. Um, I mean, I feel like, yeah, it's so, I don't know, a couple of things. Like one of them is that, you know, skateboarding is so mental. Like that is such a big part of uh, just, what makes someone talented at skateboarding is their ability to overcome fear basically of doing tricks. So I feel like to like one, I just feel like those rules are kind of overstating how like the, the physically demanding aspect of skating It is def it definitely is, but 
it's so technical and it's so mental and like thought out and stuff. Um, and then the other thing I would say is just like, I feel like these, those sort of rules, like, like Alexa and Jay were saying, like they hold up, I would say like, um, a, uh, like, I would say they hold up just the ideology of transmedicalism and like, uh, just, you know, yeah, as you both were saying, like, just the idea that you need to, uh, that you need to basically transition into a place where you can fit in, I'm using air quotes right now, with cis, uh, like, just cis normativity and stuff. So also, like, I was, like, I've, in my experience, I feel like, um, like once I came out as trans, like I was realizing that there wasn't really a space for me anymore in the sports that I used to do, like in soccer, because it's gendered. So I've always had this feeling of like, just gratitude that I love skating. And that's the thing that I want to be doing now, because I don't have to, um, you know, try to, I always was like, geez, if I was still playing soccer, like I'd have to figure that out. Like, you know, what team am I going to be on? Whatever. So now to think that I'm not particularly interested in it, but to think if that I wanted to, or someone like me wanted to be in the Olympics or something like that. And then you have to figure that thing out that I didn't, I thought I had like, or I would have thought I had like dodged that bullet, you know? So yeah. Yeah. It seems pretty clear that based on these policies, uh, that, you know, let's not forget, or I don't think anyone's forgotten this, but the Olympics is part of a very, very old system, right? A patriarchal um, structure that was invented a long time ago. And it's very clear how there's going to be sort of this clash with um, something as young as skateboarding. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, how do they close some of these gaps or, or maybe, if they're willing to evolve. Right. Um, and something you all talked about, which, um, I attended a training, uh, workshop from athlete ally. Um, and what they had pointed out, which I thought was really important was that they're just a lot of those arguments around like size and advantage and all that stuff. Like those are just people's opinions as well. There has not been research, uh, substantial research to even prove any of those things. It's all again, like inherited conversations from the past of the system that we're in, you know, that like a certain body, like if you're bigger, you're stronger, or if you're this, you're that, like, there's not enough research, um, when it comes to trans athletes and participation and performance edge and things like that, that even validates some of those opinions. Um, so I think that's important to remember and just also checking our own biases. Like who told it, did someone tell, did some coach tell me that, that I, you know, can run as fast as the boys when I was growing up or whatever. Right. And is that actually scientific and factual or not? Um, something to think about, but I think also just what's exciting about skateboarding is that we're seeing this massive increase in participation over time. And there's a reason why people and adults, even, especially in this past year are, are choosing to try skateboarding on as a form of physical and mental exercise, um, creativity, self-expression, freedom, all these things, because it doesn't have the existing confining, suppressing structures that other traditional sports have had. And I think like yoga is probably a great example where similarly, it is just at the end of the day, if we can move our bodies and that improves our mental and physical health, then yes, like that's something people will be continuing to participate in over time and more and more and people will discover it and love it. Um, so I think my kind of hope, um, and thank you all just so much for your honest feedback and, um, and being real with this is just like, you know, is the future of sport, which skateboarding is sort of leading the way here. Um, the future of sport and even just less the word sport, but more about just movement, connecting our minds and bodies, um, having these activities or cultures be all encompassing all genders, all gender identities. And then expansive really is the word that comes to mind is that whatever we think today could, could be different tomorrow. And that's what I love too, about skateboarding itself. Like 
the type of moves and tricks that people were doing even five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, for sure is different than today. And it will continue to evolve tomorrow. And I think my hope is that that can also, um, that evolution can also be applied to the identity aspect of our community. Um, so I think either way, um, you know, it's an interesting time. There's a lot of opportunity to have these complex discussions. Um, I'm going to be watching for sure. <laughs> you know, the Olympics either way, cause a lot of our friends are going to be there and it'll just be, uh, an exciting time for everyone. So, I just want to thank you all so much for your time today. Um, Jay, Alexa, and Lou, uh, really appreciate all the work that you all do in our community um, for all the folks that you inspire, um, you know, at our programs online. Uh, you know, any last shout outs, closing statements, um, maybe where folks can find you if they want to find you or learn more, Instagram, zines, anything like that. Yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for having us. It's been a really fun time getting to chat with y'all. And uh, I appreciate the topics. And uh, yeah, it's just been nice. Um, and you can find me at trans.sender on Instagram and TikTok. Jay? Yeah, um, thanks for having us. And it was a great time talking about these things that are constantly evolving and uh, are, that are are part of our lives as well. Um, you can find me at Heartthrob J. Uh, that's J A I uh, on Instagram and TikTok. Um, but Alexa's stuff is way cooler. Um, she's always killing it, and I'm jealous. And I love her, and I want to meet Lou in Seattle. So whenever I go visit, definitely we'll skate. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was really fun. Um, you can find me. I pop up on Skate Like a Girl Instagram and TikTok every once in a while. So, yeah, thank you. Awesome. And if you are in the Seattle skate community, try to get your hands on Lou's zine. It's floating around there. Um, all right. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate your time, and we'll see you soon. This podcast was brought to you by Skate Like a Girl and the Center for Sport and Social Justice at Cal State University, East Bay. It was produced by McKenna Duda, Kim Woozy, and Kristen Ebeling. The music is by Marby Miller. A big thank you to Dr. Matthew Atencio and Dr. Missy Wright for their support.